Welcome back to Love Yourself First. I know it's been a while, and I apologize for that. I truly do. I know there's actually a lot of people who actually need to hear this sometimes, to hear my podcast, and I'm so sorry that I've been gone. But the truth is, I go through these these periods in my life where... I feel everything at once and then nothing at all. And it's it's so hard to, to deal with sometimes for me, to be honest. I, I've said from the very beginning of starting this podcast, I'm not perfect and I'm still learning as I go, but I'm just hoping that I can be there for some of you and help you all along your way as well, especially if you're on the same path that I've been on, going through the same things I've been through, dealing with the same stupid crap I've dealt with. And right now, today, well, it's 3 a.m. And all day yesterday, I felt everything at once. I've been tossing and turning all night. I haven't been able to sleep. It's been hard. It has. But I'm still here. And I I was watching this this show earlier and this this girl, she said something. It was very powerful and it really stuck with me. And she was it, <laughs> go with me on this. Please don't laugh like I'm laughing. <laughs> but she was speaking to these ghosts, to these spirits, you know, and if you know anything about spirits and all that, you know, the soul doesn't die. And they were the ancestors of slaves who were tortured and, you know, experimented on and everything. And she called out to them so that she could free their spirits, but also protect herself and, you know, protect all the people she knew and loved. And she said, come on, you're not dead yet. You can still fight. And I, you know, that just, it stuck with me so much. It really did. And I honestly felt empowered to talk. Just to get it out, you know, what I have going through my head, what has been going through my head throughout this entire hiatus that I have taken. And my God, Sometimes I just sit back and I'm just like, damn, girl, you're a goddamn mess. (laughs) But I'm okay with that. I, I I like to be my real self as much as I possibly can, you know? And if my real self is a mess, then goddamn it, so be it. I'm gonna make a mess look great while I'm doing it. I I originally took this break what now? I don't know how many months it's been now. I time's just been flying but passing by so slowly at the same time. But I took this break originally because I was so incredibly triggered. And it's been so hard to deal with those triggers, you know? And I feel like a lot of it was me starting to pile things up onto my plate a little too much because 
I've talked about it in other episodes. I, I do a large amount of things to keep myself occupied, you know, to keep the depression away, keep the bad thoughts away, maintain control of my life and my destiny, you know? And I came to some conclusions. One being that I have a major problem with not being in control of the situation. Not knowing about, you know, what's what's going to happen to me next in a situation or whatever. What's my escape route, you know, all that. And, of course, that comes with the territory of someone who has been traumatized. Especially by kidnapping, sexual assault, domestic violence, etc. You know. And I, I've decided that they're not really problems. You know? It's, it's not wrong to want to be in control of yourself, you know, of your own actions, your choices, your life, your dreams, your destiny. It's not wrong to want that, to, to need that control. In fact, I feel like we all need that control. And it's not right for anyone to take it from us at all. Our lives are our lives, and... At the end of the day, overbearing parents or family in general or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever, if someone doesn't like your decision or whatever, if this decision is making you happy, that's the one primary thing that you really need to focus on. I mean, yeah, sure, take into consideration whoever you want to take into consideration and how it may affect them. But at the end of the day, anyone who truly loves you wants the absolute best for you. So if following your dreams means that you want to become an artist or a rapper or a basketball player, a doctor, a philanthropist, whatever it is that you're wanting to do, do it. Don't wait around for someone to tell you what your dream is. Figure out your dream. Try new things. Do stupid, crazy, different things until you find something so stupid and crazy that you want to do it for the rest of your life it's the same with friends partners boyfriends husbands girlfriends wives all of that find someone find something that just you don't want to let go of because it's the one thing that's truly making you happy in this life of course make sure you're finding something healthy and legal (laughs) but either way I realized that by marrying my high school sweetheart and you know being the little naive teenager I was I threw away my dreams to be someone I wasn't in order to make someone else happy and then left my own happiness behind put it on the back burner and let it burn. And then my life just turned in a whole entire different direction. Don't get me wrong, I love my my son. I love him with every ounce in me. That's my baby. I love him so much. And I don't regret him at all. But I do regret the person that, you know, helped me create him. I regret my decisions to stay with that person 
I was brought to near death so many times. And so was my son. And I kept on sitting there trying to convince myself that I had to keep my family together, you know? That I didn't want to be that single mother who's only 19 years old, you know, raising some baby, you know, having a baby daddy. I didn't, I didn't want to do that, you know? That's what my fear was <laughs> of all things. That's what I was scared of. But I was so wrong. I was so wrong and I see that now. And I just, I wish that I could change things at least to have left during the pregnancy or something. But he isolated me. He took everyone from me. He took all my friends. I, I had a very, very loose relationship with my family at that point. He turned my sisters against me. Wouldn't allow me to talk to my mom whenever things were really bad were really bad a lot so I couldn't talk I couldn't tell anyone what I was going through he was monitoring me while I'd be on the phone trying to talk to my family telling them how he was hitting me how he was hurting me how I was just scared and tired this was before and after and during the baby and still to this very day I'm tired. I, I just, sometimes I don't feel like I have any more fight left in me. But I gotta tell you, watching that show and hearing that woman tell ghosts <laughs> of all things to, to wake me up and bring me back of all things. <sighs> By the way, this show is called um, Lovecraft Country on HBO Max if anyone's interested. Very good show. I definitely love it. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry if I'm rambling. You know, today, like I said, I, I, it's one of those times where I'm feeling everything at once and I'm, you know, I just felt like I needed to get this out. <sighs> Especially after everything that's happened lately. Yesterday, I, I followed what I, I didn't know at first, you know, what was happening, but I followed this car. Me, my son, and my boyfriend were leaving Target, and we noticed that the car that was parked behind us was very, you know, very, being very strange. You know, they're pulling out, backing, or pulling out of the parking spot, pulling back in, pulling out, pulling back in, and I'm just like, what are you doing? This is really weird, you know, and we started to look, and they were they were yelling at each other. They were arguing, and the man was um, hitting the woman. There was a woman and a man in the car, and he was hitting at her. And we didn't understand what was happening, but then we saw we started to see him driving very crazily. And we decided at that point, you know, it's time to follow. So my boyfriend he began recording the incident. And you can actually check this out on my, my main Instagram page. I shared it from my boyfriend's page. But we followed them. And we saw this girl opening the car door. She's trying to get out. They're clearly screaming and yelling at each other. They're both very visibly hitting each other. You know, she's trying to get out of the car, though. Every step, every chance she got, she tried to get out of that car. 
and he wasn't letting her. He'd speed up or swerve somewhere, whatever, but either way, he was not letting that girl get out of the car. And she had pigtails, so at first I was like, are we watching a, a child kidnapping in progress? You know, like I wasn't sure. So we called 911 while we're following them. Eventually, thank God for traffic and red lights. <laughs> he, I was able to, you know, finally come to a stop because there was no other option other than, you know, getting your car hit, basically. And the woman was able to, you know, kind of tumble out of the car a little bit. And that's when we realized she was pregnant. And the man threw her bag out, made an illegal U-turn, and sped off. And I called out to her, and my heart broke when I got the answer that I already saw coming. And I called out to her and told her, you know, we, we saw the whole thing. We'll take you wherever you need to go, whatever you need, you know. And of course, the answer was, no, no, I'm fine. I don't need anything, no. <laughs> and I just, I had a flashback, you know. And I, I was triggered again, because that was me. Back in 2016, when I was pregnant, I think I was about five, maybe six months pregnant at the time. She looked about the same. And I think we had just gotten married, you know, a couple months prior. And I got pregnant almost immediately after we got married, so... I remember we were arguing at work and I just wanted to go inside. I wanted to go back inside. I wanted to do my work. I just, I couldn't. I, it was so emotional. It was so hard. And it's, that's the thing too. With pregnancy, it's already so ridiculously hard to contain your emotions and everything. So I was already at a very sensitive emotional state. So it was even worse for me to encounter all of those emotions and my son having to feel it all as well. He definitely did not hear me. He didn't let me feel the end of that at all. My son was literally just kicking and kicking and kicking the whole time. Like he knew. <laughs> but I was trying to get out of the car. He wouldn't let me get out of the car. And he said, no, we're going to go to the courthouse right now. And it wasn't, the court wasn't even open. He doesn't understand that, you know, you can't get a divorce just by signing a paper in five minutes or anything, you know. So I'm just like, I'm telling him, like, it doesn't work like that. And he didn't want to hear it sped off on, uh, and we were on the military base too. And we were both in uniform. He sped off down the road. It's a 25 mile an hour zone. He's doing like 50. And I'm telling him over and over again, let me out. I want to get out. I don't want to be in the car with you. I don't feel safe. I need to get out. Like, you're scaring me. You know, I, I was trying. I was trying hard. And I, I am so thankful to, well, I, I assume sergeant, sergeant first class for all I know, corporal, whatever. I knew you as Corporal Willis. And if you're out there listening, you saved me. When he finally came to a stop, I was able to do the same thing, stumble out of the car, and luckily Corporal Willis was trailing us, and he was right there. He pulled up right behind me, and I started to have so many pains, and it was terrible. Like, my, my son, like, I swear my son was really, like, putting his foot down that day. Like, no, we're not going to do this, because I was in so much pain after that. 
And I remember Corporal Willis took me back to our brigade building and he kept saying, you know, we're gonna call the, the police, we're gonna call the military police and everything. And it was my fear of what might happen to me or my baby if that happened that stopped me from saying, please do. That man brainwashed me into believing I was not allowed or able to have a life without him. And I believed him. You know, you hear something enough, you know, you start to believe it, right? And I did. I really believed that I wouldn't survive without him. He, he made me believe that I would literally be out on the streets dead within minutes or something if I had left. I was brainwashed for years to believe and feel that. And I felt, I feel so stupid now. But that's why I created this podcast. So that if there is any woman out there any man, any woman, anyone going through domestic violence at all, if you're hearing this message, I want you to know they meant every hit. They meant every endangerment. Because no matter what happens in life, if you truly love somebody, you're not going to do certain things to them. You're not going to allow certain things to happen to them. You're going to protect them and you're going to love them because that's what love is. That's what a relationship is. So if you're going through it, please don't lie to yourself. Don't tell yourself that they didn't mean it, that it'll never happen again, that everything will be okay if you just do this and you just do that. It's not going to be okay. It's not going to be safe. It never will be. Once hands have been put on each other, I don't care what any marriage counselor, what any person in general who's gone through it or whatever has to tell you. It's never going to be okay because whether or not you get through that situation, there's no telling if you're going to be able to get through the next couple of ones. There's no telling if you're going to live to be able to try and get through some of the next ones. There's no telling anything about what could come next. Not to mention the pain and the anger and the emotion that you feel whenever it all happens, it's going to be traumatic either way it goes. So years down the road, you know, you guys could still be in the relationship or whatever and maybe the stuff is still going on, maybe it's not, but you still remember what happened and it still hurts a little bit, maybe a lot. And that's enough to say that you don't need to be there in my opinion because the last thing that I'm going to do is stare at the very thing that put me in a position to where I thought I might lose my life and that's exactly what staying in an abusive relationship feels like to me exactly like it it's like you're literally staring at your own hurt and especially if you try to, if you decide to marry them or whatever, then you think about the fact that you're going to be staring at what tried to hurt you for the rest of your life. Or at least that's what I did. And 
I may not know that girl's situation. I may not know anyone's situation out there, but I'm telling you, if you're getting hit, if you're doing the hitting, your relationship is not gonna last. And it doesn't need to. And there's gonna be some therapy that's very, very, very necessary. I, I couldn't say that I would be where I am without the therapists that I have, without the people who I surround myself with now, because they keep me level. You know, they keep me from skyrocketing and blowing up. You know, because yes, I do go through these periods, you know, where I feel everything, where I feel nothing, and yeah, it sucks. It really really sucks but they keep me from feeling I guess too much of the wrong thing or too little of the wrong thing if you know what I mean you know I I've realized that all of this positivity that I spew sometimes sometimes I look at myself and I'm like you're coming off a little bit cliche aren't you a little bit corny <laughs> because in all reality honestly I'm I'm not the most positive person in the world I'm not I'm not some fantastic amazing person or whatever you know that I I look like I am on social media I mean I, I'm not in my eyes you know I mean I just think I'm a regular freaking person with a whole bunch of problems you know I don't, I don't see myself as this big, giant person. I'm just one small person with a very big voice trying to help and make changes. Because the pain that I feel right now, the anger, the frustration, the sadness, I feel so much of it. And... It's all due to these 99,000 problems that I've gone through in my life. You know, and I I felt like um, once I got triggered, I started to feel really hopeless. Like all this stuff that I do is is pointless. It's like absolutely meaningless. And this is where I, I start to feel nothing, you know, for a period of time. Because I convinced myself that I'm doing this all for no reason, that there's no point, that, you know, having this podcast is is dumb or something of that nature. My art, I'll convince myself that there's no point in doing it because it's not going to sell, you know, I, it's the negative thoughts. I'm not counteracting them, you know, the trigger, triggers, oh God, screw triggers, man. They make things so difficult. Because when I'm not triggered, I'm great. I really am. I'm great and I can counteract those thoughts and I can stay on track. You know, but it's it happens. You fall off the wagon and then you get the fuck back up. And you dust yourself off and you keep on fighting because you're not dead yet, damn it. So that's what I'm doing. It's 3.26 in the morning. It is September 6th. I'm not tired. 
it's hot and I'm getting the fuck back up because I'm not dead yet. I'm gonna fight all of these problems that I got going on. The United States Army sleeping on my case for what, two years now? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm about to blow the whistle on that one. So might as well go ahead and give a brief synopsis I have already spoken about this briefly before, but April 20th, 2018, the night before my birthday, which actually was the night of my birthday party, because, you know, I was going to be 21, I was raped by a serial rapist on Fort Bliss, and I was drugged. So I had no control. He timed it out and waited for the perfect moment right when I started to black out to take advantage. That's why I need control. I can't not be in control of myself and let someone else control me. I can't do it anymore. When that happened, that was right after I left my ex-husband and started our divorce process. I was on my way to my my freedom to, to feel safe, to be healthy and everything. And then out of nowhere, I was raped the day before my birthday. Now that's the only really, only memory I can think of when my birthday rolls around. I coped very negatively for months after that. I filed a report a few days later, but uh, in the Army, you can do a restricted or an unrestricted report. At the time, I had filed for restricted, which means that it just is there, you know, in case something happens or whatever, you know, it's just there. Nothing major about it, just putting it on file, basically unrestricted means that it gets investigated and you're supposed to get justice, you know, if you can. And I think it was about November then when I finally made the decision to open it up for investigation. Now, mind you, a rape kit was done. I did my statement and everything already just a few days after it had happened. And God, everybody discouraged me. Everyone tried to tell me, well, why now? Why now? It's been months, you know. I said, because even if I don't get justice, there's other women out there who this person has assaulted, and he's going to do it again. And I have to protect them because it it's too late for me to protect myself from him. It already happened, but I can still protect others. I don't want anyone to feel powerless like that. To feel your entire body just going limp. You can't even open your own eyes, no matter how bad you want to. That was one of the most painful experiences in my entire life. And it made me so numb. That's, that's when 
this phase that I go through started was after that. After that, it was so hard for me to feel anything. I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't feel sadness, pain, any any emotions. It was it was so hard for me to feel something. And again, I tried to negatively cope and finally I found people who give a shit. You know, who actually care about me want what's best for me you know they're not the ones that are encouraging me to take more shots because they know that I'm depressed they're the ones that are telling me you know come sit down let's talk and that's what I needed all along so I found friends that cared about me and then shortly after that I met who's currently my boyfriend and I put him through so much hell when he first met me because I was so terrified of what all those other men have put me through. I didn't want to let him in. I was terrified of him. I didn't want to believe anything he said. I didn't want to accept any of the gifts. I didn't I didn't want any of it at first. But time went on and things changed and now here we are, damn near two years later, doing great. fact of the matter is is that my case with the army is still sitting there open and this man has still not been charged and this this is the this is the really messed up part the investigation was concluded in 2019 i think it was either mid 2019 or towards the end of 2019 and since then i have had radio silence for about a couple months you know, they wouldn't say anything to me, wouldn't give me any updates or anything. You know, I would sit there and text, hey, you know, what's going on? No call, no text, no nothing. Turns out the person managing my case had changed his number. He had a new government phone issued to him and just didn't think to, you know, hit me up, you know, one of his clients, but whatever. And then I started to harass him more, you know, by sending messages almost every couple of weeks or no I I sent it like every two weeks after a while and he gave me the same updates every time oh the prosecutors are changing oh this this is happening now it's it was the same excuses over and over and over again I think the prosecutors changed like three four times now that was the excuse over and over again and now he's telling me that the excuse is that well these prosecutors are new they have to get used to your case and learn your case now it's been two years And this man even sat there and said, I've never seen a case sit on my desk longer than six months. And I don't know what the holdup is with your case. The problem that I have with this is that a few months ago, I was told that they caught this man in a lie. And then more victims came forward to tell their story against the same person who raped me. And yet, there are still no charges. I have had no update in about a month now, or two months maybe. Nothing. Radio silence, again. It's, it's hard. It's hard to find value in yourself sometimes. 
whenever you're going through something like that. So I've struggled with that a lot as well. Depression has really, really gotten the best of me these past couple of months. I'm not going to lie. Half the time I look in the mirror and I just sit there and feel like my life is just falling apart. It is in complete turmoil. And whether that be the case or not, I don't care if it's 3.30 in the damn morning right now. I'm going to fight this. I cannot believe for the life of me that it took watching some show on HBO for me to really motivate myself again. But you know what? So be it. If it takes looking at something weird or different or whatever to realize who the hell you are and stand up and get your power back, so be it. Whatever message it is that you're looking for to to figure out what you need to do next, to figure out who you need to be, who you want to be, this is your message. Chase your dreams. Chase your happiness. Don't, Don't worry about how much money this job is going to be giving you. Worry about if you're going to like doing the job. Worry about that first. If you needed a sign at all, I'm telling you right now, this is your sign. Leave that motherfucker in the past if they're hurting you, if they have hurt you, if the memories haunt you. If you if you see flashbacks when you when you just look around your environment or at that person or even at yourself, if that's what you're doing, leave. Leave them, please. For the safety and sake of yourself and your sanity, leave. I, I can't, I can't tell you that things are going to be okay if you stay. I can't. If you needed a sign to go ahead and take this job that's so out of the blue, so different, so you not your parents and not your wife not your husband it's you this job is so you take it take your happiness take your power take your destiny take your life back and don't ever put it in the hands of someone else again this is your life no matter what that's that's the thing that I have to stress. This is your life. And only you get to live it. No matter what your parents think or want from you, want want you to pick this job or that job or whatever, want you to go to school for this or that, at the end of the day, you're the one who's going to be living that life. So you better make sure it's a good one. Because mommy and daddy aren't going to be the ones there to do it all for you. They're not going to be the ones there cooking and cleaning for you and paying your bills and having the kids for you and living your life for you. Only you can live your life. So why not live it to the fullest extent that makes you happy? I wish that I had somebody to tell me this back in 2015. I wish I had somebody to tell me this again back in 2016. 
Indy, if you're listening to this by chance, I wish I had you in my life sooner because that woman saved my life. She's the reason that I felt like I had the courage to leave my ex-husband without leaving my life. (laughs) And I thank you for that and I don't think I can ever repay you. Please, if anything I have said rings true to you, to any of you, when someone offers you their hand to help you out of the massive hole that you are starting to drown in, take the hand. Just take it. Because I wish I had. off my soapbox now sorry if I bored you all with this one but I wanted to be my true self in this one honestly and I hope you know I hope you guys like it if you don't then I mean I guess I'll lose some listeners but I'm not about to keep being some fake plastic version of myself or whatever you know some some person who doesn't cuss or whatever I I try to limit my cussing on here but honestly sometimes saying motherfucker gets the point across a little bit better for me and that's just who I am so I can't really apologize for it I love who I am I love who I've become I guess my final line will be repeating what that show said. You're not dead yet. You can still fight.